What the fuck is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the South Fury Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Topsail, here to bring you the best fucking opinions on every side of uh, Azeroth (laughs) and all around the motherfucking universe. Joining me today is the big motherfucker himself. He's the shield of Lordaeron, the slayer of those who need to be slain, the one-man forsaken war machine. Give it up, ladies and gentlemen, for Colpain. Lordaeron in the fucking house. Woo! <laughs> What's going on, man? Hey, I'm I'm a little sad. Lordaeron's no longer here, but it's in our hearts, so we carry on. So long as the forsaken persists, we still carry, you know, something that was lost, right? We're not a. It's not a place. It's an idea. It's an idea, right? You know, it's. I mean, you know, has Lordaeron really been a thing? You know, for the for the past like what, 10, 10, 15 years, I guess. Yeah, in, in the back of our minds, perhaps, but not really. Ever, ever moving forward, are the forsaken people? Right. I mean, losing Undercity, I mean, that sucks, but is it really, like, such a big deal if Lord Rom was already kind of a lost cause to begin with? Yeah, yes and no. Um, in, in terms of just the forsaken idea of, you know, ever moving forward, scientific advancement, no, we will continue, we will endure. But, you know, even w- with the Cataclysm, we revamped a lot of our architecture and and things to kind of shed the shackles of our old humanity, but it still remained, uh, you know, even we, we still had conversations about our old lives and, you know, we may move on, but at the end of the day, we, we have lost a piece of ourselves that we won't get back. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, I mean, what with, uh, all this stuff with Sylvanas and everything, you know, that's, uh, I mean, whatever, but, you know what, man? You know, so long as we keep marching, we'll be good. So, hey, it's good to have you on today. You know, great to hear from you. Um, we got to start off, though. I don't mean to get political on you, but uh, there's been a lot of backlash recently with Blizzard and the Hearthstone player. Yes, there so has. So I got I to gotta ask you straight. What's your stance on this? Are you pro-China or are you fuck-China? Well, I think that anyone who says they're pro-China should take a heavy look at themselves in the mirror and wonder where things went wrong. Um. No, absolutely not. What Blizzard did was unconscionable. Um, they, they can put whatever they want in their terms of service. They don't even read their own terms of service. They can put whatever they want in their rules. This was out of line, re- regardless of whether they were technically within the rule set that they wrote themselves. So, you know, you can always claim you're right when you write the rules. But no, no, it was it, it was unconscionable. And if if they don't face some form of punishment over this, I will be not only disappointed but heavily surprised. I agree with you. So I, you know, I'm glad that on this podcast we are definitely a unified fuck China. Absolutely. Um, so thanks everybody for listening. Uh, please like and subscribe and hit that <laughs> donate button because I can assure you that we just lost a fuck ton of money. <laughs> wow! There, there goes my there goes there goes my Beijing vacation I was planning. Yeah. <laughs> All of my endorsements are gone. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. So we got that out of the way. I mean, hey, that was that was some big news earlier this week. So yeah. you know, I just felt like we had to talk about that a little bit. I mean, you know, 
I, I was looking at your armory profile earlier. Like, you're still level 110. Are you even still playing WoW? Yes, I do play World of Warcraft um, on different characters, however. Um, Cole's story has kind of run its course. Uh, I still play him every now and then, but it's it's for roleplay and not for gameplay. Okay, yeah, because I was going to ask, I mean, I know that you were doing that whole Inquisitor thing for a while. Is yes. that Are you still doing that? What's that what was uh, that? Yes, I am. Uh, I actually... Uh, his his story has has continues on in another character I'm doing, um, with with our circle of friends. Um, he is very much still an inquisitor and rooting out dissent and treason. So naturally, the uh, end, the climactic ending of the war campaign was a huge blow to his work because the number of people he needs to investigate have multiplied beyond count. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's quite a lot of people who are definitely not pro Sylvanas anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's an understatement. <laughs> so, okay, so he's doing the Inquisitor thing. Um, I mean, I know that he's always been loyal to Lordaeron, but is he is he more loyal to Lordaeron or just Sylvanas? You know, that's an interesting question because he never really knew up until recently where his loyalties truly lied. I mean, he, he's always been for Lord Iran. And in fact, you know, he'll even during, you know, the, the events of the wrath of the Lich King and cataclysm and onward, when Cole was really a central character to a lot of stories, um, he was very much for Lord Iran as, you know, he would say for Lord Iran, just as much as he said, victory for Sylvanas. But it, with these past couple of expansions, you know, with, Sylvanas doing more and more things that would lead a loyalist down a dark path. He's almost lost every last bit of himself that he held on to. And he's, it, he, it's, it's one of those things where he's like, all right, like I, there's no turning back the things I've done in the name of Sylvanas. There, there's, there's no going back. So he's, he's fully on board now because otherwise what choice does he have? So he's he's kind of viewed and then said, you know, man, I've been like committed the atrocities and shit and burning down Teldrassil and doing all the shit. And, you know, it's it's with Sylvanas or nothing. Right. Yeah. I, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to see what's waiting for him on the other side. And so does he think that sticking around with Sylvanas is the best way to avoid true death? It, it may not be the best way to avoid true death, but it's the best way to leave his mark to get to, to still you know he doesn't have much left but his loyalty he will it will remain he will retain that at the very least he can have control over that if nothing else every man's got a code and that's just what he's what he's doing right he, he's lost just about everything else but his loyalty so yeah okay yeah so i mean i guess you know, given the way that the story has been going, I can see how, you know, doing that, uh, you know, that storyline for Cole personally, how it can kind of maybe not so much become stale, but kind of, you know, maybe, maybe be in a little bit of stasis. You know, there's not a whole lot of progression, I think, for characters that are loyal to Sylvanas, aside from, you know, participating in the next atrocity. Um, so tell us about your other character then. Who else have you been playing on? Um, well, I played Fergus Drakehammer for a while. He was a Wildhammer dwarf. Um, but I've played him off and on since Cataclysm. So his story also has, uh, 
I, I not I won't I won't say run its course. There are still plenty of stories to tell on him, but I've kind of put him on the back seat. Um, the person, the character that I've m- most been interested in lately has been my uh, actually uh, Coltiran. Uh, I play him as though he is from Lordaeron, actually, uh, because for some reason I just can't get away from Lordaeron. Uh, but he is an executioner that survived Lordaeron. He's a much older man at this point, and uh, he's—I don't want to say he's a psych—he was a sociopath, I would say. He has a very black and white definition of what is just and what is unjust, and anything he finds that is unjust deserves nothing short of execution. So he, he's a very um, aggressive character, similar in the sense that Cole is an aggressive character, you know, aggressively hunting out traitors to Sylvanas. But uh, Walter holds no loyalty to any banner or king or nation. He, he The only loyalty he has is to his warped notion of justice. Um, and it's, it's allowed me to, you know, because I've had the hero story with Cole, you know, the rise and fall of Cole. I've, I did, I've done that now for 10, 12 years, however long Wormrest has been open. It's so it's nice for me to play a sort of villainous character in a sense for other people's stories. And it's, and I, I can be in that more of a support role and show up as this intimidating, imposing figure to drive someone else's story forward. That's, that's, that's been really rewarding for me. And uh, I, I plan to stick with it for a bit. You know, man, honestly, um, you know, kind of just being a regular character in the guild, I mean, you know, the South Fairy Watch um, has been really rewarding, too. Like, not being in that leadership role kind of gives you that ability to just appreciate things for, you know, how they're going and really immerse yourself in the role play. So, you know, I could definitely understand that. But, so, yeah, you, you've got the dwarf, and now you've got a cult here. And, I mean, how have you, how has Alliance role play been this expansion? Uh, well, I got to tell you, the past few days it has really gone down <laughs> a lot of people bowing out because of this whole fiasco and i don't blame right. them i've our group is struggling with the uh ethics of that as well but um no this expansion has been interesting for alliance roleplay um there's a lot of people that are tired of the fighting and there are a lot of people like no this is the last straw we're going in and we're taking them down hard and i honestly from the opinions I've gathered, the uh, the ending to the war campaign has kind of been lukewarm. Like it didn't really feel like a good ending to the war. Like I don't, I, no alliance I've talked to has or role played with, I should say, um, really felt like this was a justified ending. Like no, we should have kept fighting. Like <laughs> the horde has done way too many bad things. They should be wiped. So what has the Alliance even done? Because honestly, I, I didn't love all my Alliance characters, so I don't even know what the story was with Jaina and everything. I mean, what has the war campaign been like for the Alliance? Um, base, honestly, the same thing that it's always been, reactionary. We've been yeah. reacting to Horde advances and Horde attacks. And then there was, I mean, it was a touching story with Jaina reconnecting with her family in Kul Tiris. Um you, you, you see some of her past demons and help her recognize that the siege of Boralus was amazing. I very much enjoyed that, but um, it, it, you know, I, I, I want to say it's actually a great contrast in questing though. I, I I've done the questing zones once on each side and then I just dread doing it again. That's me. I hate leveling. I'm, I'm very bad at it, but it's really interesting. The, um, 
the contrast where Coltiris is just completely fractured when you arrive there and you go through the zones and kind of help rebuild the Coltiran, you know, uh, houses and reform the fleet and blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, in, in Zoldazar, it just, it, you, you arrive to this very strong empire and then you kind of watch it all crumble around before your eyes. So it's a really interesting contrast of the Coltiran start weak and you make them strong. The Zandalari start strong and you watch them fail. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, everyone's as strong as the story needs them to be, which is it's, it's such a non-answer, I know. But unfortunately, that's the case. So, yeah, the Kul Tirans, um are kind of just there now. They had their they had their moment in the sun like everyone else. And now they're just kind of there doing what King Anduin needs them to do. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I feel about Talanji, unfortunately. You know, she, um, and yeah, I mean, that story was really interesting with, um, you know, Rastakhan making that deal with Bonsamdi, which you just know wasn't going to end well because, oh, yeah. you know, Talanji's, I mean, I don't think that I knew that Rastakhan was going to die at the beginning of the expansion, but once I saw that stuff, I was just like, okay, so there's no way that they're mentioning that it's like for his entire bloodline and they're not going to make it so that Talanji has to deal with the consequences too. Um, so, you know, but without even knowing that he was going to die, I knew that somehow she was going to learn about it one way or another. Um, but yeah, I mean, allied races, you know, yeah, it's like any time that they introduce a new class or a new race, you know, they have their time in the spotlight with, like with death knights and demon hunters and then just with the expansions moving forward it's almost like they're you know kind of irrelevant so you know i guess i'm curious do you think that like the whole allied race thing with how they're like adding everything in now is that a good idea or no um yes and no i i think it's a great idea for servers like ours like roleplay servers it just it adds more customization it adds more options um from a narrative perspective in terms of the overall narrative i i don't think so they have a hard enough time focusing on the characters that they have adding more is only going to create more favorites for people which is fantastic that you found a character that you love but at the end of the day only more frustration as you never see that character enter the screen again yeah, I gotta say, I'm not a fan of Volpera. Um, I, I don't like the Gilblins either. I, I'm very much against how they kind of, like, make these small races and then try to make them, like, cute but also heroic. It's just weird. Yeah, I, I, I'm I mixed about Volpera and, uh, well, Mechanomes, I think, are just kind of pointless. Don't at me. Um but I mean, Volpera, like, yeah, they're cute. And the Dolly and Dot are my best friends. They, I, I'll smile at that every time, but I guess I'm, I, I, I don't, I, I hate to be that, like one of those guys. It's like, are the horde supposed to be horde? But I, I do feel that way on, on a, on a certain level. And I can look at that and go, I mean, you know, that that's not really what the horde isn't about looking ugly. The horde is about downtrodden people that, you know, are, are trying to survive and they band together because no one else will take them in. And that's the whole point of the Horde. Um, hell, that's the only reason the Forsaken got in in the first place is because the Torrent had to relay that very ideal to Thrall. But th there's still that part of me that goes, you're a little too cute, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, I guess they are kind of downtrodden, right? A little They're... bit, yeah. 
they're always being hunted by the um the snake people there the sethrak you know which is kind of like a weird like personification of snakes and foxes because i feel like snakes literally eat foxes if they have the opportunity to so i don't know like i almost feel like we should see some like kind of like sethrak feeding den in Voldoom. oh good lord <laughs> <laughs> no but but really it's just like they're snakes like isn't that what that's what they're supposed to be doing yeah i mean i mean I also snakes they they jumble up into a giant ball when they breed but i'd rather not see that either <laughs> well okay fair enough yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean i don't know it's just like i i just don't like it and it, it's not because i feel like the horde doesn't need optimistic people or optimistic races but i don't think that they would fit in the alliance either and i, I don't i don't want them in the alliance like for the same reason that i don't want hosen yeah. You know, they're they're just like a stupid offshoot race that like they're dumb, you know? Oh, absolutely. They're a fun thing to quest alongside, but to actually play one, eh, I I question the longevity of it. Yeah, it, it's kind of gimmicky. And yeah, I I just don't see Volpera being a popular race going forward. Like it's hard to take them seriously. You know what I mean? Now, I don't know. I think I think Volpera I mean, like any race, they're going to explode at the start. But I mean, there's a there's there is not an insignificant portion of the population that will play one simply because it is cute. Um, I mean, that's why void elf po- void elf population spiked on alliance side is because they finally got the blood elf models on alliance side. Um, so I, I I do think that Volpera will have some level of popularity, maybe not to the same levels as blood elves and void elves but i certainly think that they will climb the climb the rankings yeah but do you think that blood elves and void elves have a larger player base uh, a larger player base because they're cute or because they're hot i think that (laughs) depends on your interpretation of those words (laughs) well i'm just saying like i think it's an important distinction that we that we make here because you know blood elves i mean i i'm just speaking generally i'm not saying this is something that i do uh but there's like you know slut mogs for for blood elves and you know the the dudes are like you know much more angular and uh beach boy looking than orcs are or forsaken (laughs) for that matter man forsaken Um, slut mugs are are where it's at (laughs) yeah so i'm just thinking that for the volpera you know that may not be true Uh, no that that's 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 a great point um it could go either way honestly um yeah i i i know i know quite a few female players that will be picking up volpera and i also know some that will not because they like i no, i don't care if about that cutesy little thing as they play their void elf. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I right. guess you're right on the nose there. There's a definite difference between is it cute or, or, or do they find it hot? Yeah. And that's kind of the problem that I have with the new goblin models too. Like they almost made the goblins look younger and, you know, my, my idea for Lance is more like sinister and gruff and like, you know, not nice. And they, they made him look nice, and I'm not okay with it. So that's why I'm boycotting playing Lance right now. Um, yeah, I, I have a Tarn Paladin now. Uh, his name is Tahako. Okay. Um, and I don't really have a, a big character concept for him yet, but he's my new character. And I'm probably not going to kill off Lance because 
boss would kill me. Um, but I'm just really upset with the goblin models. Yeah, I've I've known quite a few goblin players that are that are very unhappy with what they did to them. Oregon, on the other hand, are ecstatic. <laughs> See, I've never been a big fan of Oregon to begin with, but I do think that these models do look much cooler. Yeah, they did a much better job with the models, but as someone who hails from Lord Iran, I, out of principle, have to despise Gilneans. Oh, that's right, because they're... Well, yeah, they put up the wall and closed themselves off. I mean, the, the Gilnean have a really cool story. Oh, I absolutely. just don't like... Yeah, the Oregon just in general aren't, aren't to my taste. I, you know, I love their culture. I love their aesthetic. Uh, I love their, I, I love them as a people when they're Gilnean. The werewolves of London thing doesn't do it for me though. Yeah. So, anyways, man, let's uh, let's talk about this most recent patch, eight point two point five. All right. Uh, what's your what's your take on it? Um, a mixture of disappointment and expected sadness. <laughs> I guess would be the best way to put it. I, I knew it wasn't going to be great, but I'm disappointed that it wasn't that great. <laughs> what did you think of that cinematic with uh, Sarfang and Sylvanas? Well, I mean, first of all, I got to give props to the art team. Their cinematics are always beautiful. They, they knock it out of the park every time, even from all the way back to, to vanilla. Um, oh, sure. I mean... And this is one of the problems with them trying to play this too close to the chest, which is what I think they're doing. Um, they're they're not like back in Legion. We knew we were going to Argus. We knew that like Sargeras was going to be the final showdown. He may not have been the final boss, but we knew we were dealing with him one way or the other. We have right. you know we only just now found out that we're dealing with Nazoth as the final boss, but even still, we have no idea what's going on with Sylvanas moving forward. Uh, we, we have no idea what's, what's happening next. And in a novel, that's fantastic. In a game, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, you know, obviously you don't want to give away everything that happens, but you at least want the player like an idea of, OK, this is how like, you know, at the beginning of Dragon Age Inquisition, there's a giant hole in the sky. OK, you may not know the trials and tribulations that you're going to go through, but, you know, at the end of the day, you're closing that hole. We have no idea what Sylvanas is doing. Some people enjoy that uh, to some extent. I can say I do because it's oh, what's going to happen next. Da, da, da. But right now it feels super bad with her just ruining 15 years of cultural identity. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've made my opinions known to elsewhere, but I'll say, I'll say it here as well. Um, we Sylvanas was the forsaken, um, whether that was a mistake or not is, you know, well, there's no debate. It was a mistake. Um, we could have had countless other NPCs that we that uh, forsaken NPCs that we've encountered through questing that could have been somebody. Deathstalker Commander Belmont was the least of them, and yet they felt the need to make him like the number three. I don't understand why he's not that interesting. Um, but just shouting, "You are all nothing." I mean, props to Banner Bay for looking over, you know, tink tink, but. That I mean, that's that that was we were supposed to be evil together is kind of like how I feel like, yeah, you know, the horde was 
when we first joined was an alliance of convenience. Like, look, we needed them. They needed us for a foothold in the Eastern kingdoms and we needed them just so the Alliance couldn't gang up on us, just so we had a shot at survival. And that's all the Forsaken needed was a shot because damn it, you know, through all the struggles, through all the odds, we have more spirit than anyone else on Azeroth and we will make it. And we did. We became one of the most dominant forces on the planet by, by cataclysm. We had the strongest Navy on the friggin' planet. Besides Zandalari and Colterans, which we didn't even know, ex- you know, we didn't even know existed yet. We knew they were there, mm-hmm. but you know, they weren't in the game. Um, hell, Wrath of the Lich King, we landed on the Howling Fjord alone. We didn't have Horde support. We landed there and we carved our way through to Dragonblight, and we met the rest of the Horde halfway. Though, and hell, we even sent our Deathstalkers to the Berean Tundra to help them. So they had Forsaken support. We did not have Horde support, and. That that it was fifteen years of real time. What eight around around eight or so years game time? You're gonna form a sure. bond after eight years of fighting of fighting wars with people. And yeah, I understand Sylvanas not doing it. I understand that, but the the Forsaken not being clued in on that little insulting, little insulting. Honestly, um, I really wanted. I really wanted the Forsaken to be a unified, we're evil, but you need us. Like, we serve a purpose, so you can't afford to get rid of us because of our more, our, our, because of our darker instincts. I'm a monster, but I'm your monster. Exactly. Right? Uh, I just want to mention, so yeah, they landed on the Howling Fjord and then met the Horde and Dragoblight and then proceeded to kill all of them. <laughs> now, I got a bone to pick with that scenario. Let me tell you. I'm going to rant here if you'll if you'll permit it. Um, oh, please. So Let's hear it. one of the issues, I have a lot of issues with how the Wrathgate went down. I didn't used to until what's his name was like, yes, that was all Sylvanas. No, it wasn't. You know damn well it oh. wasn't. Yeah, what the fuck is up with that? That is horse crap. And let me tell you exactly why that's horse crap. First of all, very Mothris, you know, traitor, got it, good, okay. No, Sylvanas didn't authorize any... She authorized the the, the creation of the Blight. She did not authorize it to use it against the Horde and Alliance. That is horse crap, and I will say it's horse crap until the day I die. Sylvanas didn't know that they were going to take the Undercity from her, and that is horse crap, too. And I'll tell you why she didn't know, because where else have you seen Sylvanas Windrunner kneel to anyone besides her doing her little power slide into Arthas and that train wreck of a cinematic good lord that was the stupidest way to kill off her i've I've ever seen in my life um but she kneeled before thrall she went to orgrimmar and kneeled before the war chief and said please help me take back my city nowhere else are you ever gonna see sylvanas kneel to anything or anyone but well just uh kind of throw in perspective there couldn't you interpret that as her masquerading um uh what's the word here like being subservient like, to thrall like deceiving and, him know, like hey yeah and i get that however i would argue sylvanas's narcissism would not allow her if if she thought she was in control of the situation i don't think her narcissism would allow her to kneel i truly think she, she did that as a show of 
you're my last shot. Like if if you, if you don't help me, I've got nothing left. Yeah, and then also, like, if her whole goal, because remember, I mean, this is before Cataclysm, before she kind of decides to, you know, take the Forsaken on their fucking crusade across the land. Um, you know, her their main goal is to bring down Arthas. Yes. So why would they jeopardize that? Exactly. There, it, 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 made, <laughs> it made no sense for Sylvanas to have ordered an attack on the Horde and the Alliance. If 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 she truly views everyone as arrows in her quiver, that is just breaking arrows over your knee before the battle starts. That is exactly. It, it, it makes no sense. I guess you could say like maybe they thought their plague was strong enough to kill Arthas, and they're like, oh shit, like we didn't actually get him. That sucks. But like I don't think that that's I don't think that's true. I really think that that was Putricide or whatever his name was. Um, you know, actually making a gambit for. You know, for Undercity and to dispose of Sylvanas. Absolutely. He wanted to get rid of the the strongest forces the Horde and Alliance had to offer. So all he had to contend with was Sylvanas. Because he was in bed with the Legion just like Vary Mothras, the son of a... Yeah. No, and you know, dude, I think that's definitely like them just going back and changing the details because it benefits them now. Oh yeah, they're, they're, they um, were mad that people were upset with Sylvanas' change of character, and they're, oh, her character didn't change! It's like, you know, what, like with Chronicles, with Illidan, oh, no, Illidan's always been focused on the good thing. He was never evil in Burning Crusade. Here, let us show you. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah, com- com- complete bullshit. Absolutely. And, yeah, no, I mean, it's the same thing with Garrosh, but, um, Sylvanas was definite has always been you know cold and calculating but she she's never been like I am going you know um she she's never been like burn the world you know or yeah. at least she wasn't before cataclysm there are always two traits that I've used to define her glory the dark lady rightful queen of Lordaeron banshee queen Sylvanas windrunner and that is <laughs> <laughs> and that is a narcissist and a pragmatist and too, too often those things end up clashing, and that's why we see the burning of Teldrassil, because her narcissism clashed with her pragmatism, and narcissism won. Um, however, th- I don't see narcissism playing a part at the Wrathgate. If it did, she would have been there. You know, I could see her showing up, seeing the Lich King, and then blight bombing everything. I could see her narcissism allowing her to think she could do that, but she wasn't. She yeah. wasn't there. So pragmatism was still in control of her mind at that point. There's no way she ordered it. I, I, I have to vehemently. De- Obviously, it's canon. You know, the writer said it, so it, it's canon. But I, I, I can still vehemently disagree. All I, all I can. <laughs> I mean, but we won't we won't ever really know the truth unless we get some kind of point of view chapter from her perspective saying, oh, "God, let's hope not." You know, I I should have killed Thrall at the Wrathgate or something like that. You know, so maybe we'll see that in the next novel that they write to set the story for the next expansion. But, um, so you know, going a little bit off of like your definitions of her character, though, for what she's done in BFA, has it mostly been in character or no? Um. I, I would say yes, tentatively. Um, you know, the burning of Teldrassil, you can't kill hope, can't I? Um, yeah, I think that's definitely a Sylvanas move. Yeah. Like, that I believe. I, 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 I agree. Um, it's on the fringes of her character. It's what we see her do when she loses it. Um, yeah. 
And I think that's why it's a lot of the stuff has kind of been jarring for people is because she doesn't often lose it. Um, one of the only times we've ever really seen her lose it before was in that novel where she, they, where it got written that she ripped a bear in half from her rage. Get out of here. You didn't rip a bear in half. Um, over Farisa, um, you know, not wanting, <laughs> not wanting to kill Garrosh and then, you know, bumping off because and not becoming undead with Sylvanas. Boo hoo. My sister wouldn't let me kill her. Let me go kill a bear. So yeah, uh, de- definitely within the fringes of her character. I've never read any of the WoW novels, so they're not great. Let me. <laughs> they're they're not great. <laughs> I I do it out of out of duty to to know everything I can about the Forsaken, but they're not great. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean I think the you know the War of the Thorns. I think that was in character for her because you know it's it's definitely like you know. I'm the mastermind behind this and you fucking do what I say. Yeah. You know, it's pretty much how she is. But what I don't like about it, like it was in character, but I don't like that it was because I think that Blizzard has this tendency to take that like rationale that the characters have and then turn it into, oh, they're so crazy, you know, with Garrosh. Like he was pro Horde and he was antagonistic and he wanted to make a better life for the Horde. But now he just wants to kill everybody. You know, it's the same thing with Sylvanas. It's just like, okay, like you don't even need the old gods. They're just going insane on their own. Like what? But it's okay. You know, we, Garrosh was great in 900 other timelines. It just happened to be ours that he was crap. <laughs> oh, that's... Dude, I completely forgot about that. I have a friend who's a very uh, enthusiastic orc loyalist, and uh, he brings that up all the time, just out of pure anger. <laughs> oh, man, it was just this one time. Like, he was he was fine every other time. It's just this one time. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, that, that's what they're going to say about S- Sylvanas, too. It's like every other time she just she laid down before Anduin and said, yeah, let's make peace. Every other timeline, oh. she defeated Arthas in Quel'Thalas and Kel'Thuzad was never resurrected. <laughs> you know what? Every other time she, she jumped off of Ice Crown and stayed dead, she said, you know what? No, I'm okay. <laughs> oh, that well, that, that would have been the end of the Forsaken race right there. Garrosh would have piled <laughs> us right. up on the Gilnean Wall. <laughs> Exactly right. Yeah. Hey, maybe that could have been for the for the betterment of everybody. Then you wouldn't have all this stuff today. Well, I, if you believe that it'd be for the betterment for the forsaken to be wiped out, then I'm going to need to speak with you in the apothecarium. Um, <coughs> just just need you to sign a waiver. Don't don't bother reading the fine print. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to need to speak to your manager. <laughs> um, I mean, hey, Liam Grayman would still be alive. Oh, good oh man, can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah. He should have he should have he should still be alive. Shouldn't have jumped in front of the dang arrow. I know. What a hero. Greedy, he was drunk. So I guess we can forgive him. Yeah. Alright. So, you know, Cole, I mean, you know the obviously, you know the Forsaken as well as anyone. So going forward, since Sylvanas jumped ship or jumped into the sky because she has new superpowers. Um <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Who's the who's the right leader for the Forsaken going forward? Um, I I could name off a slew of NPCs that I think would be great. That I want the best one. That the best that one. Blizzard just have failed to develop as characters. Um, yeah, Bethar Ice Shard, for instance, uh, he was a mage trainer in the Undercity. He and the Lich Gunther from Lordomir Lake. Uh, 
um, had a great conversation about like, you know, oh, breaking the Lich King's will. We have much to talk about. That was that was 15 years ago in vanilla. Never brought up again. Uh, kind of annoying. Um, d- OK, wait. So some random mage trainer is going to be the new leader of the Forsaken? No, if they would have developed him, he would have been great. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. High, uh, high executor Darthalia from uh, Tarn Mill. She's a, she's a, she has great leadership ability. Uh, in terms of an actual leader, unfortunately, the only character they've bothered develop to develop outside of Sylvanas and Nathanos has been Lillian Voss. And right. I, I have never liked Lillian Voss as a character. I, uh, she's she's been she's gotten better with BFA, but the way they introduced her was just so jarring that I really couldn't ever like her afterwards. How come? The, I suppose for the same reason I didn't like this, what Sylvanas did in the cinematic. You just get these random magic powers out of nowhere that literally no one else on the planet can do. I understand this is a high fantasy world, but you know we're raising Forsaken out of the graves, and all of a sudden here this one comes, and she's super powerful, and she's got this eerie shadow magic and she can just beat anyone she's super tough guys like it just it screams of someone that someone's horrible NaNoWriMo project NaNoWriMo dude I forgot that I I keep on getting emails for that <laughs> like I've I've never participated in it but I always get these emails I'm like oh I should do that this year it's coming <laughs> <One day>. up <laughs> uh, no but I thought with uh Lillian Voss I mean I thought her introduction wasn't that bad. Like she's got this whole like I can't believe I'm forsaken thing going on, and then you show her her reflection in the mirror, and then yeah, she's got some weird kind of dark magic. But who doesn't, you know? I mean, <laughs> I, 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 will, <laughs> I will. I will concede the human side of the story wasn't terrible, um, but th- th- I think they tried a little too hard to make it flashy. When just yeah. a, a very human Lillian Voss, who just happens to be a master assassin, would have been fine. Like like an undead Valera. Cool. I'd totally be cool with that. She's just a little too dark because she has dark a little magic. A little too special, I would say. Um, Nathanos, there's nothing special about Nathanos. And that's what I used to like about him before Dark Mirror. And that ruined his storyline forever. Well, but he's the uh, he's the plague caller. You know, he's always been that dude who, if you got too close to him in the plague lands, would kill yeah, you. Yeah, he he was the Dark Lady's champion, but he didn't have special powers. He was just a dude who was a wicked good shot, and that's what I really liked about him. Like he was he was just a dude the elves crapped on, and he was like, you know what? I'm still a better archer than you guys, and he was. And Sylvanas took him under under her wing, and he he proved to be a better archer than most elves. And that was something I really liked about him. Yeah, you know, it's really disappointing that Blizzard stole my idea for Lance <laughs> and made it into the Thanos. <laughs> uh, I was taken under Lorthamar's wing. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, best shot in Azeroth, and oh, they're just making it into some fucking you know undead dude. Like, okay, some guy with a hard on for um, his queen. Yeah. Uh, so was he? Was he somebody's self insert before? He got the new body. Probably not. Um, he didn't. A- after Vanilla, he. I don't. I don't think he had any quests. I believe it. And Wrath of the Lich King. I think he was uh, put into the Undercity as a as a hunter trainer. There wasn't anything really That's special right. about him. Um, yeah, he was just hanging yeah, out. Yeah, but in in Vanilla, no. He he had a similar attitude. 
Uh, he was still the Banshee Queen's champion. And it was a very right. much, I don't care about you. You're like, you know how many people she sent to help me? And you know how many of them have died? Every one of them, you're going to be no different. So he still very much had that same attitude. But at least by the end of the quest chain, when you actually learn a lot about Nathanos, you learn about how he died and why he's there at the Maristead. Um, he actually has a modicum of respect for you. And it was a really great, it was a really great self-contained story in the Plague Lands. And that was the last time you ever saw Nathanos as a good character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you been, have you been playing classic WoW? I've played a little bit of it. Yes. Okay. Cause I was going to ask if you've been revisiting those storylines, just kind of see them again. Um, I mean, I've only made it, so I just re-rolled a Forsaken character, and I made it to, like, level 15. How have you been doing? Uh, I got to around level 30, and then that the nice. um, the, cin- the War Campaign cinematic came out, and it just killed all enthusiasm I had to be a Forsaken. Like, I burned out hard after seeing that. Um, but I, I, unfortunately, for some reason the way I've developed in life is my body has chosen to forego any life skills and instead only absorb wow lore. So it's as if I just did these quests yesterday when I'm doing them, because like I, for, for some reason I cannot get this information out of my head and it is incredibly frustrating. <laughs> you know, dude, and now you're here to regurgitate yeah. all of it on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Your life does have meaning. Oh boy. No. <laughs> um no i mean that's good and i know exactly what you mean because you know same thing with you um you know i haven't been playing lance as long as you've been playing cold pain um but for a good i mean when did when did cataclysm come out oh god 2010 11 around there and i made lance near the end of that so maybe kind of closer to 2012 so i've been playing lance for a good seven eight years now Oh, absolutely we've had we've had quite a few adventures together Exactly. Um, and, you know, the change to Lance was much less drastic than what you guys, you know, the Forsaken are going through. You know, I just had my face changed, <laughs> but that hurts. Like, no, but really it does. Absolutely. Like, I, I've got I've got screenshots of before and after Lance, and it's just not the same, man. You know, before he looked cool and mean and gruff, and now he, he looks no, like Lance's The, the kid. look of a character can absolutely kill all enthusiasm I have for it. Yeah. Without a doubt. So I'm like kind of going through that, like lack of want to do anything too, because it's just like, you know what, man, like blizzard has just ruined my perception for my character. And now that's what I have to deal with. And I feel like they're going to do the same thing with the forsaken. I mean, I wanted to ask like, but beyond what they've already done, now they've got this fucking Kalia shit going on. Yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> what do I think about that? Well, strap in, <laughs> boys and girls. We're going to find out what I think about that. Um, all right. I got a lot of thoughts on Kalia. I have talked about Kalia Menethil since Wrath of the Lich King. Um, and back in the day, back in 2009, you know, 2010, I very much wanted Kalia Menethil to come back because I knew she was out there. I knew she was alive. Um, they they wouldn't have just killed her off off. They wouldn't have killed her off screen. Um, and I wanted there very much to be a battle for the soul of the Forsaken, uh, dark versus light. 
uh, you know, a royal coming back to claim the throne and Sylvanas having to kind of maintain her grip on her people before she loses them to the old ways. And they kind of like they kind of blizzard listen to me because I give them input. I don't. And they, they were like, hmm, we like that, <laughs> but we're going to do we're going to do that, except none of it. And, Except not, right? Yeah, and they introduced Kalia and Legion for the priests, and it was very much a, it's just Kalia. Bump you, you're a Menethil, act like it. And and then in that novel, I, I, I don't know if you read that novel, Before the Storm. No. Oh my god, that was... That, don't they kill her or something? Yeah, well, it was the stupidest way. Ka- like, come on, I, I know Kalia wasn't trained the same way Arthas was in combat, obviously not in combat, you know, Um it's not every day someone's trained by the great Murd and frickin' Bronzebeard, but it, she wasn't trained in politics and stuff like that as much as Arthur. She wasn't grooming to be queen. Uh, but to just show up at this meeting between Forsaken and humans, finally, re- some of them able to reconnect, some of them not, that's fine. But um, Kalia just throwing off her hood. First of all, she wasn't even supposed to be there. Uh, just throwing off her hood and going, I'm Kalia Menethil, come with me if you want to live. Shut up, and and that's when Sylvanas is like, "No, nah, I'm going to deal with her myself." And she gets on a bat and runs Kalia down, and rightfully so. Just, uh, a, a, a usurper to the throne just randomly shows up alive, probably going to go after her. Uh, yeah, not happening. Yeah, and that was the one. That was the one human that was killed because Sylvanas had promised Anduin no human lives would be lost. She killed every Forsaken there. But um, Kalia was the one human. No, I'm sorry. She said no alliance lives would be lost. And that was the loophole. Kalia wasn't part of the alliance. Yeah, she was just part of the, the priest people. Yep, right? she was her own entity. So that was Sylvanas' loophole to Anduin was, I told you no alliance would die, and none did. But it was very clear that Sylvanas had every intention of killing every Forsaken that went there. Um, she had ne- she had never intended on letting them leave alive or undead. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that whole desolate council, right? Uh, part, part some some of them were desolate council members. Uh, I believe the leader of the desolate council was there. Um, I only read it once because I was kind of like, God, this this just blows, and then I didn't pick it up again. But um, yeah, I believe the leader of the desolate council was there. I don't recall her name off the top of my head, but and then just some regular forsaken citizens that were regrouping with their you know remaining family members. But so Calia. What, what she became, I find dumb. Why haven't the Naru done this before? If the Naru, if the Naru can do this, why haven't they done it? Um, and so, and then, and then this whole Derek Proudmore thing, that's, oh my goodness. So now, so now we've got, so now we've got Derek and Kalia going to be leading the Forsaken. Uh, we're probably going to be getting uh, undead night elves as an, as an allied race. Whoa. Undead night elves? Uh, you know, you know the uh, like the the dark rangers that that they raised in Darkshore. Uh, we're more than likely no. getting them as an allied race. The dark wardens, you mean? Yeah, they, yeah. They ended up. They ended up. Okay, they, ended okay, up be- okay. well, they ended up becoming like they they got folded into the dark ranger units. Okay, so not to like completely change the subject or anything, but I read on Wowhead today that there's like. Um, there's a bunch of like Death Knight. Yeah, I just uh, saw that. Yeah, stuff. and they're like potential Lich King expansion incoming. Like what? Yeah, that, I, that and that could be very interesting. 
because I was going to ask you about like you know what your thoughts were on the Shadowland stuff, but that kind of seems like it's going to be happening in eight point three. So if we had a Lich King expansion, like how would that even work? Um, probably Bolvar like evil. Uh, well, mm, pro- yes and no. Bolvar has fought off the Lich King's influence far better than Arthas ever did. But at this point, I don't think there's much left of Bolvar. Um, I think most of it is Nerzul's influence at this point. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess that would be interesting. Yeah, but the only way, I, I, we, honestly, if if a Northrend Lich King expansion happened, we'd probably be teaming up with Bolvar to go after Sylvanas. You think so? That's that's my opinion. Bolvar, the the Lich King hates Sylvanas. Sylvanas has probably been his greatest enemy apart from the Argent Crusade. Fair enough. Um, anyways, I mean, you know, did you have anything else that you want to mention about Kalia? I have a lot of things I want to mention about Kalia, but uh, I don't know. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I, I wanted to say, how does how does Derek Proudbore play in? Because oh. I think the last thing the Horde sees with him is like that they hand him over to Bane or something. I can't remember. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, we the horde rescues Derek Proudmore with Bane, and actually the cutscene is great. Um, Laura Bailey, I believe, is the voice actress for Jaina. Fantastic job on that in on that cinematic where um, Bane shows up at Theramore with Jaina, and we see Derek Proudmore, and Jaina just shouts, "You know, is he the bomb this time?" Because she doesn't trust the horde anymore. But, and, you know, oh. and, and Derek Proudmore, like, yes, that was the plan. Sylvanas was going to turn me against you all, but Bane freed me before that. Um, so, uh, but after the war campaign, after that whole, the horde is nothing, tink, tink uh, scenario, the Alliance gets an extra one uh, where they go and they go to uh, Stormsong Valley in Kul Tiras and speak with Jaina, who is there with Kalia and uh, Derek. And Kalia mentions that she is going to leave. Um, she received a letter from Lillian Voss and she believes that she can help the people over there. And Derek Proudmore is like, well, I'm coming with you. And Callie was like, I couldn't ask that of you. And Derek was like, you didn't. I'm coming with you because maybe I can find purpose over there. Derp, derp, derp. <sighs> Derek Proudmore, dumb. Uh, but yeah, so... I guess it'll be kind of my my problem is and it's been mentioned by other forsaken Kalia isn't forsaken she didn't have to go through what the forsaken went through um and neither did Derek Proudmore Derek Proudmore was raised by shadow magic as opposed to light so at least Derek has that in common with the forsaken however the, you know, we rescued Derek Proudmore from being taken under control of Sylvanas. We we stopped that magic before it could take his mind. And the quests talk about it like it's this, you know, which it is, rightfully, a horrific magic, a horrific thing to have your mind taken like that without failing to realize that every Forsaken went through that, barring the ones that were raised post-Cataclysm by the Valkyr, but every original Forsaken, including Sylvanas, went through that horrible magic, went through, had had to sit there and watch themselves commit these atrocities with no way to stop themselves. Um, So 
neither Derek nor Kalia really have anything in common with the Forsaken other than being undead. And if all it took to be Forsaken was to be undead, our numbers would be enormous. But being Forsaken isn't about being undead. It's about being free of a power that can never again control you. And neither Kalia nor Derek have had to endure that power. So I just I have a hard time understanding how they'll be able to connect with the Forsaken people. I mean, you don't think that as like kind of this like new age like light Forsaken they can guide them on a path of righteousness. I I can see Kalia trying, but we weren't raised by light magic. We we have shadow magic in our souls at this point. Um, that's pretty hard to contend with. Not to mention. Uh, there are facets of the Forsaken Society that are just wholly evil. It's it's not something that can just be erased, not even overnight, obviously, but not even quickly. Not not I, I would say not with even in a few years. I mean, if Kalia were going to take over and turn the Forsaken into a people of good, the Royal Apothecary Society would have to be wholly disbanded. I mean, the the things they have done are unquestionably evil. Um, I mean, as a forsaken, I would argue that they're not evil. They're pragmatic and blah, 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 neutrality, blah, blah, but no, they're evil. Um, I mean, the death stalkers, I guess, could be repurposed into something like scouts and, you know, spy and stuff like that. Spies can be inherently neutral, but the death stalkers are some pretty heinous assassins. So, right. I mean, I mean that, that's two out of the three, uh, major, major ranks or major, uh, facets of culture among the forsaken that are just evil. And I, I, I find it a hard time. I, I have a hard time under, believing that Kalia will be able to make a meaningful impact. Um, the, the only way I could see it is Kalia going along with some of their stuff and compromising some of herself and then kind of like trying to gently push away from from maybe maybe committing one less war crime today yeah i mean i can i can envision like this cinematic almost like when sylvanas became the war chief you know Callie just shows up and she's got belmont she's got all the other forsaken leaders and she's just like we're going to go down a new path where we're good and we don't plague anyone and everyone else is just like yes our characters have been assassinated and yes we will do that we are loyal to you now. Right. And that's just how Blizzard's going to, you know, resolve the conflict is they're just like, yep, we're okay. We're good now. Like we're, we're completely resolved and we will never do mass genocide ever again. <laughs> that's just the way it's going to be. How I want it to happen is for Kalia to stand up there with those people like Lillian Voss and Belmont and all that behind her and, and, and say, Sylvanas has betrayed you. She has forsaken you. Who's going to help me get revenge? And have Kalia channel the Forsaken into doing what they do best. There is no other force on this planet that knows vengeance like the Forsaken. And a, right. and a, and a Forsaken scorned by their once Messiah Sylvanas reform the Hand of Vengeance that we had in, in Northrend to go after Arthas. Reform the Hand of Vengeance, repurpose the Royal Apothecary Society, and hunt Sylvanas down. That would be the way to get Kalia on the Forsaken side, is to take that charge. Don't you think, I mean, so obviously, 
or maybe not obviously, but it's been pretty apparent that this entire expansion has been an illusion between, uh, not an illusion, like alluding yes. um, to how Sylvanas is kind of like Arthas now. Yeah, it's ba- ba- yeah. The, the entire thing is um, Anduin was in the same position as Arthas. And we w- right. and we watched him turn away from that path, and we watched Sylvanas being in almost a completely opposite position of Arthas, but still going down that same path. Right, and so it's it's the same thing with like you know that new cinematic you know Sarfang's like let it be finished, and then he dies, um, and then you know Sylvanas you know burns down Teldrassil just like Arthas burned down Quathalas. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of parallels that you can draw there. Do you think that somebody like, and I can almost envision somebody being like, yeah, that's what drives Forsaken is their vengeance. And I just almost with like having a hard on for that whole storyline, like actually doing what you just suggested and saying like, you know, that's going to be the new purposes that Forsaken are going to hunt down the Lich Queen, basically. Yes, I I would very much enjoy that. Um, Now, I, I... I, I, I ha- let me rephrase very much enjoy that because I don't enjoy anything that's happened with Sylphonis. I would have rather them not have done any of this. However, if we're going to go down this path, that is the best case scenario for me. I think that makes sense. Well, all right, Cole. I mean, that's all good. Um, I was going to ask you, you know, I thought this conversation was going to take a little bit of a darker turn and, you know, whether or not we were just going to move on from WoW and find something else. But, you know, it sounds like so long as they play their cards right, which they may or may not, um, maybe there might be some good stuff for the future. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of elements in whether I continue playing World of Warcraft or not. Um, you know, obviously, my, my circle of friends being one of them, but um, both the politics of what's going on right now with Blizzard and also where they take would take the storyline. Um, I don't mean to diminish the politics that, uh, that to me, on it, me personally, I don't begrudge anyone for not placing that as a high priority, but for me, it does, it has a very high priority on what happens next. Yeah, for sure. So quick preface question, would you consider yourself? I mean, I think we know the answer, but you would consider yourself a pretty strong source of forsaken lore. Wouldn't you say? Uh, I would like to think so, but there's always people that I've in the in the 15 years that I've been playing that have proven me wrong. <laughs> so, but I like to think so. Well, Cole, we might find out if you're proven wrong again today, because our next segment and the final portion of this podcast is, as I'm sure you've been aware or have been looking forward to, is the the lore master feat of strength. Lore master feat of strength. Everyone, applause. Exactly. <laughs> Game of Game of Thrones. Have you ever seen that? I have. <laughs> I'm your host, Bill Hader. So, um, <laughs> um, all right. So, you know, you, you probably know the rules, but just a reminder, we've got five forsaken questions on the board. What well, kind of forsaken? There's some oddballs in there. So these questions are going to test the reaches of your lore knowledge, Cole. And if you can answer all five right, then we will move on to the lore master mythic plus feat of strength, where you can answer up to an additional five more questions for fabulous prizes. Um, are you prepared for this? Uh, I am uh, probably about to find out. I am woefully un- underprepared, but uh, <laughs> I'm willing to give it a shot. <laughs> 
All right, well, then let's jump right into it. Five questions on the board. Question number one, you probably know the answer to this one, but let's just dive into it. Question one, the town of Brill, before being destroyed recently at the Battle of Undercity, was a pretty popular place for role players and people leveling. Uh, it had a nice statue of Sylvanas, had some nice buildings, some good stonework, and all of their all of their manners of forsaken craftsmanship. Any good town, however, has a good leader. And my question to you is, which of the following magistrates had the honor to have ruled in Brill for the past 14, 15 years? Is it answer A, Magistrate Solomon? Answer B, Magistrate Burnside? Answer C, Magister Illyrio? Or D, Magistrate Severin. There, that's the one. Yeah, Magistrate Severin. I was like, oh my god, I can't remember the name. Thank god it's multiple choice. He adds D, Severin. <laughs> okay, very good, yeah. So, is Severin still in the game, do you know? Or is he dead? Uh, I haven't seen him. Um, I haven't explored Orgamar, where a lot of Forsaken refugees have found, but I couldn't imagine they would put him in. Yeah, he's dead. Okay. Well, rest in... Pre- no, I mean, I, I think he's dead Yeah, probably. Um, well... Rest in peace, Magistrate Severin. You did a good job for the past 15 years. but <laughs> Kept them knolls at bay. Well done, sir. Yeah, death comes for us all. Um, all right, so question number two, Cole. Sylvanas, the former queen of the Forsaken and war chief of the Horde, former, uh, uses a bow as her preferred weapon. This is, of course, only natural, as she was the ranger general of Quothalos before the elves. Or before she died or whatever. And elves are very good with bows. However, her bow has a name. What is the name of her bow? Oh, God. Is it is it Thostala? Uh, well, it's multiple choice. Oh, fair. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, is it A, the Sunbow? B, Silent Huntress? C, Heart Seeker? Or D, Death Whisper. Oh, man. So it's not whatever you yeah, said. Yeah, okay. fair. Um, I'm sure it has an elven name attached to it. Um, what was C again? Heartseeker. Oh, man. I want to say it's that, but I'm, I'm almost positive I'm wrong, because I know that's a drop in Ice Crown Citadel. Oh God, I don't know. Uh, to be honest with you, so we're gonna go ahead and say C, Heartseeker. With we're gonna go with my gut. Ah, oh, dude, uh, that's the trap answer. Yep. Uh, Heartseeker is a crossbow that yep. does drop an ice. I knew it. There. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, uh, actually, the answer is D, Death Whisper. Death Whisper. Okay. So it's interesting in the echoes or in that caverns of time thing where you fight her shade or whatever Mm -hmm. she just has a bow that's just called windrunner longbow or something um but then in all of the other cinematics she uses according to the wow wikipedia or whatever her bow is named death whisper okay yeah kind of like the boss from ice crown but so you almost had it all right, so then these next couple ones are just for fun then, but we'll still go th- still go through them anyways. Oh, absolutely. I always enjoy being proven wrong. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right, so question three. Forsaken characters 
uh, or NPCs, I should say, be they guards or merchants, have greetings just like any other NPC in the game. You know, they say things like, and you are, as an example. Um, and within the recent change, or because of the recent change to their leadership, what I want to know is how many greetings that the Forsaken have need to be re-recorded due to the mention oh. of Sylvanas. Now, note, note that I am talking about greenings, not what they say when you dismiss their dialogue or <laughs> when you try to buy from them. So, four answers. Is it answer A, zero, zero greetings? Or is it answer B, one, C, two, or D, three? Let's see. What would you ask of death? And you are... What do you require? Oh, man. I'm gonna go... with A. Zero. Nice. Very good. Yeah, none of the greetings actually mentioned Sylvanas. Um... Two of the greetings, or two of the dismissals do, yeah, though. Yeah, that's, that's like, what I when, when you said not dismissals, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, because that's when they say victory for Sylvanas, and then Dark Lady watch over you, I mm -hmm. think. Um, so, yeah, very good. Zero is the correct answer. All right, so this next question, not super Sylvanas lore, but, uh, you know, the next villain in the coming raid we're assuming is going to be Nazoth. Um, spoiler, sorry. <laughs> for, a for a time, it seemed like Sylvanas might have some motivations that aligned with the old gods, but now we're not really sure. However, we have an old question for Yux, or an old god question just for the Yux. So I'm going to name some titles that these old gods have, and you are going to name the old god that the title belongs to. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah. All right. So this first one, the Lucid Dreamer. Yogg-Saron. Nice. The second one, the God of Seven Heads. Ooh, um, I don't know that one. Um, perhaps Yasharge. Very good. The third one, the Corrupter. Probably Nazoth. Yep. And the final one is the Blood God. Super tough, I know. The blood god. Yeah. Wait, this is this is gonna be really simple, and I'm gonna mess it up. Wait, there's only one left, isn't there? <laughs> well, so I'll mention Cthulhu doesn't have a title. Yeah, I was gonna so say don't I don't think he him. has a title, but I mean, Hakar is the blood god. Uh, well, we're talking about right. Old that's gods what I'm here. saying. Like, who would be the old god of the blood? There, what? what, what Yog Saron, uh, Nazoth. Who is the other one? Yasharge. Well, he's he's in this expansion. Yeah, Nazoth, right? No, the other one. What? I am blanking hard right now. Good night. <laughs> it's fucking Gahoon, man. Oh, oh, God. I forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that freaking thing. I forgot. To be... <laughs> so... To be fair, I think that before this expansion, there wasn't really a lot of mention of no. him. But I'm pretty... Uh, so that they might have made him up, but I'm pretty sure they do explicitly say that he is an old god that the Titans made. Yeah, they like accidentally made him and all that, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I um, yeah, that man, I completely forgot about that whole storyline. <laughs> I don't blame you because it was the first raid, so it's like, why would you remember it? <laughs> but whatever. All right, close enough. So you got you got three out of four. But yeah, I'm surprised that Cthulhu doesn't have like some weird like the manipulator. No, you know, yeah, name he, or he something. Just, I would call him the heart exploder because that was the creepiest line he had back in the day. Right. Yeah, I will make your heart explode. It's just like okay. Yeah, the voice, the voice they did for that was truly unnerving. Yeah, he's the guy who goes, "You will yeah, die. Your right? friends yeah. will betray you." That's, <laughs> That's right. So creepy. <laughs> All right, fifth and final question here, Cole. You definitely know this one, so I, I'm rooting for you. Um, <laughs> Pressure. <laughs> after flinging herself off of Ice Crown Citadel, Sylvanas has visions in the eternal darkness that show her the doom of her people. These visions are used, of course, to convince her that she needs to make a pact with the Valkyr, who have craved freedom from the new Lich King. They make a pact with Sylvanas, and the nine Valkyr, Minus, and Hild, who has sacrificed herself to resurrect Sylvanas, go on their merry way to make war and mayhem across Azeroth. Unfortunately for the Valkyr, they run into a good number of problems, and a fair number of them actually die. Of the original nine, how many of those Valkyr are still alive? Um, <sighs> This one's also, also multiple oh, choice. Fair. So it's just one, two, three, or four. I, I know, I know, Tarande and them just offed one. And we already know that Anhild is dead, so we know that two of them at least right, are dead. And then, th if what you said is yeah, true, three, three died in. Silver Pine outside Gilneas. I think one died in Anderhall. I don't remember. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say only one is left left alive. Really? Maybe two. God. Oh my God. I don't know. <sighs> wait. Wait to give me that really response. Um. <laughs> Let's see the one. It cost some of them just to get Sylvanas out of the darkness. Um, just yeah, just, yeah. One of them. One of them took her place when they pulled her out. Um, three of them died outside of Gilneas, so that's minus four already. There's only five. There's five left there. I know Tarande offed one. Um, I can't recall. If any other, actually, yeah, I can't recall if any others died. So let's. Yeah, no, that's a dumb answer. I don't know why I said none. Uh, I think four are left alive. I might have missed Alliance Quest somewhere that killed more. Maybe three. Because I, I got. There were so many Valkyr that appeared in the Anderhall questing. I don't know if any of them were a major one or not. I think one of them was. Yes, one of them was, I think, at the top of that tower. I'm going to say three. Final answer? Final answer, three. 
All right, very good. Jeez, you had me nervous there. I was like, <laughs> I had to talk myself gonna... through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you said what, I was like, how did you get there? Yeah. No. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so it's interesting. Yeah, there's there's only two named ones left, and then they have a third unnamed one for okay. whatever reason. Which, like, looking at that, like, they haven't named the last one makes me feel like, is that just going to be, like, surprise it's Ayer, that one in, in um, Stormheim? But then, like, no, she's, like, the god of the Valkyrie or something, right? Yeah. So it can't be her. It shouldn't it be. Could be. I mean, <laughs> it shouldn't be. Yeah, that that's typically my response with Blizzard lore is, well, it, this shouldn't happen, but, you know, anything's on the table at this point. Yeah, right. It's Blizzard. So, you yeah. know what? I mean, fine. Yeah, sure. It, yeah, it's Ayer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> eh, no, it's, now it's Odin. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's Odin. He was the last spirit. <laughs> you know, maybe. Hey, maybe or, Helia. Or maybe it wasn't a spirit, or maybe it wasn't a Valkyrie at all, and that last spirit is really the one who's been guiding her all this time to wage war and do all this stuff. Conspiracy theory. Oh, man. And then it finally comes out, what you want with old Buon someday. Exactly right. Consp- <laughs> so for our listeners at home, you heard it here first. That is our conspiracy theory. Uh, <laughs> that last unnamed Valkyrie is secretly like a super powerful god, and we're all doomed. I am going to flip if that ends up being right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Wow. Hey, you know, demand. Wow. Story has already gone into like that level of low. So we're just like, we're pulling out all the stops here. Yeah. yeah, At this point, just strap yourself in and don't enjoy the ride, but at least try not to throw up in your own lap. (laughs) Yeah. Just keep your eyes closed. It'll be fine. (laughs) Well, hey, Cole, it was fantastic uh, speaking with you again and having you on today. Yeah, it's been uh, an absolute treat. Yeah, man. You know, it's always good to hear from you. And, you know, especially for the people in the Forsaken community, you know, um, shout out to everybody who's pulling through and dealing with this change. I know a lot of the things recently have, you know, caused us to reflect upon ourselves and our choices in life and why we've spent the last 15 fucking years investing in this game. <laughs> yep. Any, uh, any, uh, yeah. In terms of final words, uh, any Forsaken role players that are still plugging it, hey, you're better, you're better people than I am. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, to the guild, the straw bed, I concede you were right. Uh, I, I, I won't try you all for treason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and to the rest of you, uh, you're all rotten in hell with me, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Excellent. And for everybody listening at home, thanks again for checking in. This has been this week's episode of the South Fury Watch Podcast. Victory for Sylvanas. Victory for Sylvanas. <laughs> <laughs>